First of all, I want to say what a privilege and honor it is to be asked to step behind this pulpit. And Brother Sampson could have got right on. Because I don't know about the rest of you, but I feel like we've got the best. We have got the best. I miss him every time he's gone. And he could have got right on. He, would, he was right on docket with what I feel like the Lord laid upon my heart. He called me today and asked me if I had something ready and went home today and started studying and started looking and it seemed like every chance I sat down to read, I'd have something come up. It seemed like every time I'd turn around, something else would happen. Last thing happened, I walked outside and I stood there in the back porch and I said, God, you know who needs this message tonight and I'm going to go on anyway. And so I feel like God has got something for, for us in here tonight. And, and if you're looking for some flowery message, some orator, I'm sorry you didn't get him. I'm just a poor old boy from Louisiana, which I've lived here long enough, so I might as well say I'm a Missourian. But I'm no Brother Hancock or Brother Caleb or any of these other fine ministers. But I'm going to try my best to deliver what I feel like God's laid on my heart for this church. And I know that there's someone here tonight that needs it. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, to turn with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, the 16th chapter. And I want to begin reading it, the first verse. Very, very familiar story. A very familiar chapter. I know I've preached on it before. And I know some of these other ministers in here has preached on it or mentioned it in times past. But I'm going to try my best to do what God has asked of me. Mark, the 16th chapter. We want to begin reading it to first verse. It says, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome had bought sweet spices that they may even come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came into the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said amongst themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they have laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee, there ye shall see him, and he saith unto you. 
And I want to preach to us just for a little while tonight. Go and tell Peter. Go and tell Peter. I'm going to ask our pastor, if he would, to pray over the remainder of this message tonight. Amen. You may be seated. I heard a little thing on the radio today. The radio announcer said it was a joke, or she, but she said that there was this man, and he was standing, and he was talking to Jesus, and he was laying out all of his troubles and all of his problems. And the little story goes that Jesus looked at him and said, well, tell me your greatest issue. Tell me your greatest fear. And the man looked at Jesus and said, well, that's easy. He's dying and going to hell. He said, but you took care of that because you died on the cross. He said, well, if I took care of that, then what's your next problem? And when she said that, I thought, as I was listening to her tell that, you know, so many times we look at the same little story that she portrayed. Jesus has forgiven us of all of our sins. He washed away everything when he died upon that cross. And then we get some little thing or some little something in our crawl, if you would, and we think that it's, uh, it, it's too small. God can't handle this. Or it's too big. God can't handle this. But why? When Jesus cried, uh, died on the cross and we came to this altar and we gave our lives and our souls to him, we trust him to know that we're going to make heaven our home. Why is it uh, that anything else uh, seems uh, uh, too hard for him? Here we find the story that I've just read where he made a statement. He said, you go and tell the disciples and Peter. And as I read that, I thought, wait a minute. Peter was a disciple. So let's take a little detour back. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, the 18th and 19th verse, Andrew and Peter were some of the first that was called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Peter also witnessed many miracles of Jesus Christ. He seen the water turned into wine in John, the second chapter, in the ninth verse. He also Witness Jesus talking to the woman of the well that our pastor mentioned just a few minutes ago in John, the fourth chapter and the 27th verse. He also saw the nobles' son healed in John 4 and 46. Miracles that Peter witnessed. He also seen the demonic in the synagogue healed. 
He also seen his own mother-in-law healed. He also seen the cleansing of the lepers. He also seen the men that was uh, that had the palsy and the sickness. He seen him healed. He seen the man with the infirmity 38 years. He saw him healed. He saw the man with the withered hand. He saw him healed. He saw the centurion started whenever he said go. And he saw and he heard that the servant man was healed. He also seen the many other miracles. Peter was the one that walked on the water. Peter was also the one in Matthew the 16th chapter whenever he asked who do men say that I am? And he began to say you're this and you're that. Peter was the one that said hey thou art the Christ the son of the living God. That was the same one. That was Peter. And you find over and over and over the many miracles and the things that Jesus said that Peter saw. But I wonder why that he specified Peter after seeing all these things happen. You want to know why that he specified Peter? Because we find out that Peter was the one even after Jesus told him, I prayed for you, Peter. Peter was also the one that denied him. Peter was also the one that said, hey, I don't know him. I don't know him. How many of us in here has been that same way? We may have not cursed. Uh, we may have not denied him uh, to his face. Uh, but whenever we see miracles being performed uh, around us uh, and we think, well, God can't do that for me. Uh, he can do it for him, uh, but he can't do that for me because uh, my need and my problem is too great. Uh, my need and my problem, they don't know what I'm going through. Uh, they don't know what I'm facing. Uh, are you denying Jesus? Uh, are you standing and saying, hey, I, I don't know him. I'm not one of them. I don't know what you're talking about are we a Peter are we standing back in the wayside are we the one that whenever Peter looked and said hey ask him is it me is it me are we the one that's standing back there whenever the, whenever the message is going forth and it's pricking our heart and it's pricking our soul, but yet we sit on the pew and we grip the back of the pew and say, no, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. That, that's for this one over here. That's for this one over there. It's not for me. Are you the Peter that's standing back and just saying, hey, I, I don't know him. It's for somebody else. I don't know who this message is going to, but there's a Peter in the house tonight. And I'm here to tell you, hey, this message is for you. Uh, this message is for you. Peter was impulsive. He was ambitious. He was self-assertive. He was quick to, commute, to, to commit without fully understanding the meaning of what Jesus' words or actions were saying. And so many times, uh, we are that Peter. We don't really understand what's going on. Uh, but hey, I'll do it uh, or I'll do this, not really knowing uh, the uh, What's going on? Too many times I myself am that Peter. Too many times I myself am that Peter. I'm going through problems and situations that I don't know how to get out of. And I say, well, I, he can't do it for me. Why can't he do it for you? Why can't he do it for you? 
I tell you why the, a, a lot of our problems. I wrote this down. This is a lot of our problems right here. Anxiety. Anxiety is an intense, excessive, or persistent worry and fear about every situation. Sometimes we'll have a fast heart rate. We'll get rapid breathing, sweating, or feeling tired. Even may occur with anxiety. Always worried about something else. Always worried about what's going on around us. Always uh, just constantly thinking, well, why, well, well I've got to know. Well, why do you have to know? Too many times we get that, uh, that sad mentality in our heart. Uh, hey, I've got, I just got to know. Uh, I, I don't understand, but I've got to know. Why do you got to know? God is in control of it all. Why do we got to know what's going on? Now, I can tell you in my, I've mentioned this many times, and you just know me, but whenever it comes to drywall finishing, if you ask me to tape a crack or or fix or repair something, that's something I know about. That's something I can do, Brother Caleb. I've tried to get away from it many times. I've done many other jobs, but I keep getting brought right back into it. I know how to do it. But other things, when it comes to God, I don't understand. I don't know why I have to face the trials I face. I don't know why I have to go through the hard times I go through. I don't understand or know why I go through these things. I want them, if they would, to get me, put me on the board. First, First Peter, fifth chapter, in the sixth verse. I want to show you something here, right quick. First Peter, five. Six. Now we're getting reading right here. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Next verse. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. For he careth for you. You mean a little red-headed boy? Yep, he cares for me. You mean even whenever I've stumbled by the wayside and I've fallen short of the glory of God? Yes, he cares about me. Even whenever I've stumbled and made a a total fool of myself, uh, guess what? He cares for me. Verse right there says it. I want to read you a little bit different version of that same verse. Don't you notice this version? It's out of the Amplified Bible. It said, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to the place of honor in his service. At the appropriate time. Too many times we try to do it on our own. Listen to the next part of that verse. Verse number 7. It says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For He careth for you with deepest affection. And be watchful, and He and be watches over you caref- very carefully. You mean all the problems I got? Yeah. Even whenever I bring it up here and say, here it is, God, I want you to take care of it. And then a few minutes later, God, I don't want you to do it that way. 
God, I want you to save my children. And when he starts working, I'm not, no, God, I don't, I don't want you to do it that way. What are we being? We're being a Peter. That's why he told, he said, hey, you go and tell Peter. Because whenever Peter denied him, what was the next thing Peter did after he's gone? Peter went and he looked around at his boys and said, well, boys, I don't know about you. He's gone. I'm going fishing. He ain't here no more. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to my old lifestyle. Things ain't going the way they think that I think they need to go. And things aren't happening the way I want them to do. Guess what? I'm just going to go back to what I know to do best. I'm going to go fishing. That's why when Jesus asked him, he said, Loveth these more than me? Peter, you love fishing more than you do me? Do we love the things of this world more than we do God? Are we constantly saying, uh, oh, I can't make it tonight because of this, or, or I can't do it because of that? Uh, sometimes we just got to do uh, just like that scripture says. We got to cast all of our cares on Him. Uh, every one of them, uh, our anxiety, our problems, uh, everything, uh, it don't matter to God uh, how big or how small or how minute it may seem. Uh, and we even get to thinking, oh, it's just a dumb little thing. Uh, nobody cares. It ain't going to make no sense. That's why he told him, he said, you go and you let Peter know, hey, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. Remember, Peter, I told you in three days uh, I would rise again. Peter, I done told you I'd take care of that situation, and here I am. You go and you let him know that whenever he's sitting down stewing and worrying and feeling downhearted because he stumbled and he went back into the things that I called him from because he was fishing when he walked up to him and he said, Hey, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He went back to doing those things because, hey, it wasn't going all his way anymore it wasn't going just like he thought it ought to go hey the one that I put my trust in he's gone he's dead he's on the cross he said no you go tell Peter I'm alive I'm alive I know he failed. I know he, I know he was standing by the, by the fire whenever they asked him if he knew me. I know all this. But you go and tell him, hey, I'm still on his side. I'm still here. Even whenever you go down and you fall by the wayside. And many of us in this place tonight may be like, hey, so if you look around and you say, hey, uh, my feet's almost gone. Because I see this one getting blessed. And I see that one getting blessed. And where's my blessings? Why am I the only one that's going through this? Well, hey, uh, Peter, you got to know uh, that God is still on your side. Uh, hey, Peter, you got to know uh, that Jesus Christ uh, conquered uh, death, hell, and the grave, uh, and he's still on your side. It don't make no difference uh, what you're going through. Uh, Peter, God is standing right here saying, hey, here I am. Uh, look at the nail prints. Uh, here I am, Thomas. Uh, look at my side. Uh, hey, Peter, I'm no longer in the grave. Uh, I come out uh, for you. Uh, I come out for you. Uh, I come out for for you Peter I let you know that hey I'm still here it don't matter how big a situation it is just like the elder was talking about ago trying to get us pumped up hey uh, he went to the woman at the well too many times 
We're just like the disciples. Brother Hancock even made mention when he was here preaching too many times. We're like the disciples. We'll go and we'll take it and we'll do things to please this flesh. And we're not worried about anybody else but me. When all along, Peter may have been feeling the same way. Hey, I'm done for. I'm done. I've done too much. God is never going to forgive me. God is not going to forgive me for the things that I've done. I've even been made aware that some people have even said that, oh, he can't own up to the things he's done or he can't take responsibility for the things he's done and on and on and on. Well, I'm just here to tell you tonight, yes, I will admit I'm a man of God and there are times that I have stumbled. There are times that I have fallen by the wayside but I had to come back and find that same Jesus that was standing there and said, hey, here I am. I'm right here where you left me. Hey, I'm still here and if you'll really look down inside your heart, there's been times that you have made mistakes. There's been times that you may have stumbled by the wayside. Well, I'm here today and tonight, Peter, God is standing right here saying here I am all you got to do is cast your cares on me because I care for you it don't matter how big or tall or short or small it don't matter all that it don't matter how much money we got or, or like me how much money we don't have God still cares for us even when we're going through the hardest of times in our lives and we're sitting wondering, why God? He's saying, hey, I'm still here. I don't know why I got to go through the things that I go through. I'm still here, Peter. Even though you stumbled, Peter, guess what? Even though you didn't think that I was coming back, Peter. And I know Peter probably thought, hey, I've seen him die. Yeah, I've seen the miracles he's performed, but i also seen him when he died. i also seen him when he gave up the ghost. i also seen him when they put him in a tomb. Maybe, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I, maybe I was mistaken. Maybe, maybe I just was seeing things. Maybe it was just a sleight of hands, you know, like the, like the magicians do. Maybe it was something like that. All these different thoughts must have been flowing through his mind. All this fear. I'm sure there was time his heart rate sped up. Oh, Lord, what have I done now? I've denied him. He's never going to love me again. He's never going to look down and see the things that I've done. Peter, Jesus is still here. Peter, Jesus is still here. He's come back just like he said he would. And I'm here to tell you tonight, it don't matter. It don't matter. And I told you I'm not... I'm not some of them big speakers, but I know what I felt that God laid on my heart when Brother Samson called me. 
I'm here tonight to tell Peter in this house, it don't matter what you're going through. It don't matter how far you've gone. But Brother Eddie, you don't know what I've done. It don't matter. Look at that scripture. It don't matter. God is not done with you yet. There's only one man, and I've mentioned this, and I've told this story before, but there's only one man that I've ever known of in my life. It's a sad, sad place to be. And I don't know why I'm telling this, because as I said, I've told it before. The man's name was Troy Crosby. I knew his daughters. I knew his son. I knew his brothers. I, I knew his whole family. But Troy got into some trouble one time. And he had to serve some time in prison. When he got out of prison, he never come back to the house of God. But it didn't start there. It started one night in the middle of a church service. The church I grew up in as a kid it was a small, it's a straight shotgun, if you will, of a church. And right up towards the front of the platform, I can still see it as plain as day off to the left side. They had a trailer. And a door led out of that to that trailer. And in that trailer they had bathrooms. They also had a little kitchenette set up to where the youth after service would sell Frito pies and hot dogs. Well, during the service, people would get up and they'd wander out to the bathroom. They'd wander out to the bathroom. And finally, the, the pastor's wife stood up and she asked the pastor, she said, can I make a statement? He said, sure. Well, she grabbed her Bible and she said, God is not pleased with all these trips in and out of this. She said, I'm going to take this Bible and I'm going to lay it in front of this door. And I feel like God told me and spoke to me the next person that crosses this Bible to go out there to the bathroom or to play or whatever you're doing. That's the last that God's going to deal with you. God is so good. Well, Troy almost immediately got up, walked to the front of the church, stepped over the Bible, and walked right out to the bathroom. Well, time passed. And as I said, Troy spent time in jail, in prison. He got out and he never came back to the house of God. We witnessed and we tried to get him to come and he wouldn't come. Finally, one Sunday service, he came and he sat on the back of the pew, the back of the church. Church was moving. Troy sat back there and the Spirit of God began to deal with him. And he bowed his head. Several of us went back and we gathered around and we started to pray for Troy. 
Tears begin to roll down Troy's face. And after about an hour or so, Troy raised up and he looked at one of the people, one of the men that was sitting beside him. Tears running down his face. He said, I'm done. He said, I can't feel God. Stop praying for me. I can't feel God. It wasn't long after that, Troy went back to prison. The very night he went back to prison, he hung himself in his jail cell. Why are you telling us this, Brother Eddie? Because I'm telling the Peter in this house tonight that God is still here. I'm telling the Peter in this house tonight that you don't have to walk away thinking, hey, what I've done and the problems that I carry is too big for God. I'm here to tell you, Peter, you can still feel the power of God. Hey, Peter, God is still here. It don't matter what you've done. You've not gone too far, Peter. You've not gone too far, Peter. As I said before, when I started, God laid this on my heart and the devil tried every way possible to deter me from preaching this. Plum up the time to leave the house. And the one thing after another was going wrong. I'd have to get up and go fix this. I repair this and it messed up. And I went and I worked on this a while and I thought I had it fixed. And guess what? That messed up. And I was back just all evening so finally I made it up in my mind that it don't matter what's going on back at home. I've got to get to the house of God. It don't matter what's going on. There's a Peter in this place tonight that needs to know, hey, Jesus is here with outstretched arms waiting on you, saying, come on home, Peter. I know you've stumbled. I know you fell, Peter. But guess what? You're still one of mine. Peter, I love you. Peter, you was the one that I gave uh, the keys to the kingdom. Uh, Peter, you is the one uh, that I said uh, I prayed for you, Peter. Peter. 